people would say to me, you know, Andrew, and this is even before I got sick, but even now after I got sick, do you ever have a bad day? And my response, Dan, was no. I have bad moments in a day, but a day, you know, for me is typically, you know, 16 hours, 17 hours. So believe me, at some point in a day, I'm going to do something self-deprecating, something stupid, something dumb that I'm going to smile about. And that's a victory. That's Andrew describing his personal experience with scleroderma. Welcome to Journeys Through Pulmonary Fibrosis, a podcast by Boehringer Ingelheim. This is the fourth episode in our series. In each episode, we give a voice to a guest from the pulmonary fibrosis community who will share their experiences and stories with us. Together, we'll hear heartwarming and courageous stories from the people with this lung condition, their loved ones, and the doctors working tirelessly to support them. I'm Daniel Sinner, and I'll be your guide as we begin our journey through pulmonary fibrosis. Our guest today is Andrew. He was diagnosed with scleroderma, a rare disease that causes the hardening of connective tissue. Since then, Andrew's not only gone on to find the strength to empower himself on his journey, but to also empower others like him. He's become an optimistic voice within the pulmonary fibrosis community. He's the author of A Celebration of Life, A Story of Hope, A Miracle and the Power of Attitude, and also finds time to run Scleromen, a Facebook group for men to share their feelings and experiences of scleroderma. Andrew, uh, thank you for joining us today to share your journey through pulmonary fibrosis. Oh, Danny, thank you very much. Glad to be here. I wanted to start off by asking when your first experience with scleroderma was. Well, the first time that I started getting, I guess what you would call the beginning symptoms was in February of 1999. And I'd gone several months with stiffness in my hands, my feet, pins and needles, feeling when I would wake up. And at first I just thought you know, I might've slept on my, on my hands uh, during the night, but then it just progressively became a uh, daily occurrence where every morning I would wake up, my hands would feel swollen, my feet would feel swollen, but they weren't. And I went to my uh, general doctor or uh, uh, primary care doctor who was an, an older gentleman and he asked me how old I was and I said 40 and he said oh you must have rheumatoid arthritis and it was pretty much left at that uh, as the months went on it became more painful uh, elbows started to hurt knees started to hurt and sort of started feeling like a tightness or like my skin was crawling in certain areas of my body. And I, you know, I knew that it was more than rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, I finally went to a rheumatoid specialist in October of 99 and he did some tests, came back and I'll, I'll never forget his words. He said, you have scleroderma. And I looked at him and I said, sclera what? And he proceeded to tell me at this time, back in 1999, not only were there not many statistics for men, 
but at that time, he said the mortality rate for people with scleroderma, mainly females, uh, was about a 50% mortality rate. The doctor says, Andrew, you have scleroderma. This is the mortality rate. What does that moment feel like? I can, I can picture it like it was yesterday, Daniel. I, uh, luckily, there was a chair nearby because I had to grab onto the back rest of the, of the chair uh, to hold myself up. Uh, I remember my knees wobbling and getting very, very weak. I felt nauseous. And it was the first time that I can remember in my life that all of a sudden I was facing my mortality uh, at the age of 40, which, you know, we're invincible at the age of 40. And all of a sudden I wasn't. And my, you know, I guess my life in some shape, manner, or form sort of flashed before me. And the question I remember asking myself was, you know, why me, God? Why, you know, why have you chosen me to, um, to you know, get this disease, which later on, I, uh, and I still call it today, the uninvited guest? That uninvited guest took an even bigger toll later on in your journey. You were induced into a coma. It had affected your kidneys. So really, you were facing scleroderma on two fronts first is the pulmonary fibrosis and the second is the effect on your connective tissues how have you noticed your disease progress over time and how has it started how has it continued to affect you in talking to you know many specialists since most people will get all of their symptoms within the first seven years I'm sort of an outlier where the fibrosis didn't actually happen until 2015. So almost 14, 15 years later was when the fibrosis happened. And in my opinion, is that mine, both my incidences, both in June of 2000, as well as January of 2015, all were brought about from stress. Um, and my mother had just passed in June, or June of 2014, obviously an extremely stressful event. And within six months, you know, I was having trouble, um, shortness of breath when I would work out. Um, felt like I was totally out of shape for a guy who worked out all the time, was active, played sports. And, um, you know, that's when I had to ask my scleroderma specialist to run a pulmonary function test as well as a CAT scan. <clears throat> and that's when um, they discovered, probably I think it was uh, in the fall of 2014, uh, excuse me, fall of 2015, that I was diagnosed with interstitial lung disease. How did your experience between being diagnosed with um, scleroderma and then being diagnosed with pulmonary fibrosis, how, how did those two differ? Because they happened across such a huge period of time, um, which, as you say, not all um, people with scleroderma or pulmonary fibrosis will experience. 
having a scleroderma, uh, and again, mine, it was kind of interesting. You know, my obviously I still have stiffness in my fingers. Um, I did lose my ability to play guitar, which was one of my passions, one of the, I guess, the outs that I would use to kind of get away from the stress of the corporate world. And, um, but I was able to function fairly well. A lot of my symptoms, the tightening of the skin, where like on my forearms, you couldn't even pinch, couldn't even pinch any skin at all. Once I came off dialysis six months later, because they were able to actually kickstart my kidneys. So I did not have to have any, you know, uh, kidney replacement or anything like that by the grace of God. And so, um, once the kidneys kicked back in, many of the symptoms, especially the tightness of the skin, uh, the little um, uh, dry, you know, skin, dry skin that you'd get on your face, that all of it started to uh, disappear. And even the doctors scratched their heads and they had no explanation why that would happen. Uh, but it was happening. So for me, uh, <laughs> It was a blessing. <clears throat> um, I did regain my ability to play guitar again. So once some of the little things that I had lost were coming back, I felt very grateful. I continued through the years to uh, join up with the our local uh, chapter here in uh, New England and Boston, Massachusetts, to uh, help uh, being an advocate. So we would do walks and fundraisers to, to raise money. Uh, for the national group, uh, which is also loaded, uh, located here in Massachusetts. So from the kidney incident being diagnosed, I realized that I had the ability um, to, be a, to be an advocate. So for those, you know, I guess, uh, you know, 10 years, 12 years in between, uh, that's really where I focused my energy because I knew that I could help others. And so really, Daniel, part of that was really just realizing that, you know, and I can remember having a conversation with myself and uh, I kept asking God, you know, why me? Why me? And I remember I'm starting to tear up a little bit, but um, I heard a voice come back that says, it's not about you, Andrew. And that's when I realized it wasn't about Andrew. It was about helping others to be an advocate and hopefully being able to guide people um, to be able to get the right diagnosis, the right doctors, so that uh, you know they might be able to uh, not have to go through what I went through. What empowered you to say, this is not about me, this is about me taking this experience, turning it on its head, not just looking after myself, but being there for other people. Well, it's a good question. I think that my faith had a lot to play in it. And, you know, I realized that um, there was a reason you know, I've always been a firm believer there's a purpose and a reason for every one of us who are on this planet. And I guess our journey through life is to find out what that purpose and reason is. And when I heard that voice, 
I realized that that was my purpose. This disease I was supposed to get, it was part of my blueprint. It was you know, part of my life. From that day on, every time that I went to the dialysis unit, I made sure that on my way to my chair, you know, I might've passed eight, nine people. Um, and I would stop by their, their chairs, say, hi, how you doing? Try to put a smile on their face. And what was, what was really touching, Dan, it was many weeks later, one of the nurses came up to me and she said, yeah, I gotta tell you something, Andrew. She said, you know, when people now schedule their time to take their dialysis, they wanna know if you're coming because they look forward to you stopping by and putting a little smile on their face. And that's when I knew that that voice about it wasn't about me, wasn't. It was about helping give people a little bit of hope um, so that you know they might get through their days of dialysis as I was trying to do the same. At what point in this journey did you decide to write your book and then lead the Facebook page Scleromen? Um, <clears throat> I had written an article uh, that was uh, for a uh, national magazine uh, within my industry that I was in. And it was called A Celebration of Life. And I just talked about what I had been through and how, you know, we all need to assess our lives at some point to find out what's really important. And we get so caught up in work, we get caught up in the daily grind. And before you know it, life's passed us by. And I had a chance, uh, by the grace of God and from prayers from thousands of people around the country and just my own will to live in, in positive attitude, um, that there was a message there. So I wrote the article and all of a sudden I started getting phone calls, emails about the article and just people were saying, you know, uh, I'm, I've made copies. I'm handing the article out to my friends who are all workaholics and because uh, that's really what I was and that's how I got so stressed and sick was um, from working, you know, I was working 70, 80 hours a week doing a startup <clears throat> dot com company. And um, so then people started saying, you know, you should write a book. And I'm like, no, I, I don't need to write a book. And that, that probably went on for a few months. And then finally, a good friend of mine said, you know, Andrew, you have such a message here that can help other people. And that's all she needed to say. And so then I began my journey of, uh, of writing the book. It took a little bit longer than I had wanted. Uh, many times, Daniel, when I was sitting at my laptop, you know, with the uh, Word doc in front of me as I was just typing away, you know, some days nothing came out except for tears. So for me, it was also very therapeutic to write the book and relive many of these moments instead of keeping them in to put them down in writing. You mentioned you have had lots of great feedback from people who have been on lots of difficult journeys, whether it's with pulmonary fibrosis or um, other diseases. Which moment in your book really stands out to them? 
I would say that probably when I talk about the power of attitude, the power of prayer, and then towards the end of the book, I talk about finding balance in our lives and the little things that we can do <clears throat> on a daily basis to create balance, to realize and to assess your life about what is it that we really want. Uh, as we all know, we're only here for a short moment. And you know, one of the things that I've always prided myself on, or at least, you know, have always said that when I look back on my life, that, and everybody should look back on their life in this respect, is that have I made the have I made a difference in the lives of other people? That's it. And through the book, um, through just the advocacy and the great community, uh, the scleroderma community that's there worldwide, uh, you know, we're all making a difference. And um, and so those I think would be some of the the, the good points within within the uh, book. I think you're absolutely right that the way in which we live on is the the impact that we have on other people you know how how did you make someone feel what's your legacy been um and what difference have you made whilst whilst you were here and i guess one way in which you do that not just with your book is also being part of the facebook group sclero men which plays a unique role um within the scleroderma community for men who are, who have scleroderma and want to come together and discuss um, the condition. Can you tell us a little bit more about the role and um, the Facebook group? The Squirrel Men Facebook page, which is for men only, uh, was started by our upstate New York uh, chapter, Scleroderma chapter. And at some point uh, they had asked myself and uh, another one of my uh, friends, uh, Lee, if we would uh, take it over and be administrators. And so we said, course, and, um, you know, because men, you know, roughly statistically, I think it's 80, 20, you know, um, only out of the scleroderma family, 20% tend to be male. And, um, and so we started to get people to join. We actually would, you know, promote it at our national conferences and obviously through the other scleroderma Facebook pages that are out there. Uh, we started getting men sign up and, you know, within, gosh, within a couple of years, we have men from all over the world that are now part of our scleral men community. Uh, you know, let's face it. Us guys don't like to talk about personal stuff. And there are different issues that men have than women. Uh, and so it's very hard for men to talk about, you know, you know what's going on with them uh, physically, mentally. Why do you think that men in particular find it hard to talk about how they're feeling when living with scleroderma? Well, men in general have tough time talking talking about their feelings. Um, you know, we do that in, in relationships, you know, whether it's, you know, marriage or significant others, uh, you know, because men are the tough guys. I mean, that's, again, I, I, you know, hate to generalize, but, you know, we're, in, we're invincible. 
I guess sometimes, Dan, if you stick your head in the sand, maybe it'll go away. And with this disease, it doesn't. It's there. As I said, it's, it's the uninvited guest. And, you know, I'm always going to have it. I'm always going to live with scleroderma. It just, it's just a matter of, um, as, as I tell a lot of people who are first diagnosed, before you can, you know, beat the disease, and I don't mean beat it by getting it out of your system, but to, to, to live with it and live with it and overcome it, you've got to embrace it. You've got to wrap your arms around it and say, I've got this disease and now this is what I'm going to do to make sure that I can at least live my life um, <clears throat> as, as best I can. What do you think would be your message to anyone listening to this podcast who doesn't feel comfortable to talk about how they're feeling because they feel like they're the only person in the world who is going through their own individual journey and that no one will understand and that they are going to almost suffer in silence. What would you say to them? Whenever you start getting, you know, symptoms that you're not sure about, I don't care what it is, go see a doctor. You know, again, many people, they, you know, and again, guys tend to be this way where, you know, we're invincible. We don't need to go to doctors. Um, you know, call around, call to your local scleroderma support group or, you know, the national office uh, and find a specialist. Another thing you mentioned was about balance. So for some people, they will achieve balance, emotional balance is what you're referring to through exercise or from talking to people for you balance seems to come not just from your scleromen group but also from writing what role has art and creativity played as outlets for you and for those people who don't feel creative what other outlets are there to help achieve that balance Good question. Um, one of the things that I, I, when I talk to people is, you know, as we get older, you know, we tend to get too focused on work. Uh, and so I always ask people, you know, when you were younger, you know, what did you like to do? What were some of your passions? And I do this still when I do some motivational speaking. And so then I ask them, why aren't you still doing that? whether it's drawing, painting, making jewelry, writing, uh, you know, any of those things, and revisit some of the passions, even if it's reading. You know, I, I now write music. I've always written music, but, you know, now I have more time to do it. I don't, you know, for me, it's not about work. For me, it's about enjoying the free time that I have, uh, so again, you've got to you've got to reprioritize what's important, and then make a list of the things that you, you know, maybe used to do that you don't have time for, or you, you tell yourself you don't have time for, and carve out the time. People would say to me, you know, Andrew, and this was even before I got sick, but even now after I got sick, do you ever have a bad day? And my response, Daniel, is no. I have bad moments in a day, but a day, you know, for me is typically 
you know, 16 hours, 17 hours. So believe me, at some point in the day, I'm going to do something self-deprecating, something stupid, something dumb that I'm going to smile about. And that's a victory. That's a small victory, but it's still, you know, a victory. Um, so I, I, I hope that answered that question. Definitely. I think as we come to the end of our discussion, it really is clear that your acceptance quite early on of your diagnosis with pulmonary fibrosis and scleroderma has enabled you to feel empowered and have the energy and enthusiasm to go on to not only explore your own passions, but also help other people um, through their own journey. And I guess as a, a final word, how would you summarize your journey with pulmonary fibrosis in a few sentences? Well, it's been an up and down journey. It would be an up and down journey for everybody. Uh, again, you have to embrace it, educate yourself, because the more you know, the more you know. The, the less you know, then the more that the unknown can creep in and start psychologically playing with your, with your mind. Uh, and, and again, get your family, your friends, have them come to some of your appointments. If there's a support group in your area, have them attend so they can see firsthand what this scleroderma community is all about. So, you know, it, we do have this uninvited guest. Uh, it's, it's probably never going to leave. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of us and we all live with it. And again, it's all just how we deal with it. But, uh, you know, it's, it's important that we just, um, again, realize we're going to have good days and bad days. And that's, you know, as I, as I like to tell people that each and every day we make choices that shape and mold our destiny. And so my question would be, what will you choose? Thank you, Andrew. I think your message of acceptance, optimism, and determination will resonate with so many listeners, no matter what their journey is. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Daniel. Next time, I'll be joined by John, who has idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Having spent nearly 10 years seeking a correct diagnosis, he considers this to be the beginning of a new and positive journey. To always get the latest episode, subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts.